0: Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. got another awesome guest here today, my friend Chris Davis out here with her, look at that fancy hat game, by the way, putting my hat to shame over here. So uh, her and her husband, Sam, are in Mansfield, Texas, a lot going on in Texas these days. We're going to hear about some of that, but uh, they're fitness professionals down there, some of the coolest people I know. I want you guys to hear from them. So Chris, thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you, one of the funniest and most positive people I've ever met.
0: Hey, we're supposed to have fun on this world, right? So I'm trying to make things fun. So uh, first of all, let's, let's talk about the fitness world. So how did you guys get into the fitness world?
1: Um, so my husband is a uh, collegiate athlete. He's a uh, football player all his life um, through college. Uh, I met him his senior year of college. Um, long story short, we started a family. We both had a very, what a lot of people would consider successful corporate careers, And um, he kept on telling me, hey, there's something else that I want to do. I want to run my own business. I don't want to work for anyone. And um, if you would help me figure out what path that is or opportunity that is, I'm really open to anything and I'll know when I have the right thing. And my husband has never asked me for help. He's a Southern guy that can do it all on his own. So when I heard that call, I was like, I'm in, like that was my number one priority. And for a year, I like searched relentlessly to find him um, an opportunity that would fit. I brought him a lot of things and um, fitness was the thing that fit and as soon as he started that business uh he was successful almost immediately thank goodness and then i followed suit and we've been working together ever since
0: cool so what were you guys doing in the corporate world
1: um we were in sales which uh to be honest with you um I am so happy that that happened. I mean, that's not what I went to college for. I mean, most people don't go to college for sales, Yeah. but I'm so happy that my career ended up taking me into sales because sales really teaches you so much. Um, and when you become an entrepreneur, you really, uh, when you have been taught those skills, it is really such a, uh, a great weapon in your arsenal to becoming an entrepreneur. And even like when I talk to um, young adults about their careers and uh, they don't know what to do, I'm like, if you don't know what to do, that's fine. Cause you know, we put a lot of pressure. You have a teenager. Yeah. Um, a lot of schools, counselors, other adults put a lot of pressure on kids to figure out what they want to do now, which is ridiculous, as you know. Um, and I always uh, tell those young people that are getting out of college or in college, you don't have to choose it now, but you need to be working now, learning from other people now. And if you have an opportunity to get a sales position, it will lend itself to any career path you choose. I,
0: I think. Absolutely. I don't care what you're doing. You're in sales, Mm -hmm. you know, you're selling something, whatever it is, you know, so that that's great. Advice. And you had a leg up, I had to learn that stuff. So that's excellent. That you had that. That's no wonder you guys are so successful right off the bat. So uh, tell me about running a business with your spouse. How does that work? And how do you guys kind of divide up the divide and conquer on that thing?
1: Well, I mean, we've learned through trial and error, that wasn't anything that was taught to us, it would have been nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, And I still really have never heard to this day of any like, courses or mm-hmm. clinics or seminars about how to run a business with yourself. Y'all, y'all should make one. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned by making a ton of mistakes. Sure. It was not easy in the beginning. Um, when we first started our first um, fitness company, we are stepping on each other's toes a lot. In fact, uh, so much so that my husband, that's one reason why I started a leg of our business. We are running the same business parallel. I was running it in a different city and he was running it in our home city because he did not want me involved because okay. we were stepping on each other's toes that much. So I kind of did my own thing. He did his own thing and it worked out, but then I would see areas that I was, cause we were running the same business. I would see areas where I was being really successful in one particular strategy or tactic. And I would, you know, kind of mention it to him and he would, And then he would kind of like absorb it and then eventually apply it to his business, maybe not right away. (laughs) (laughs) And then the same thing, I would see something that he was doing really successfully in his location, and then I would passively absorb it and then apply that to my business. And so we gradually um, just kind of learn from each other. And instead of it being, we're stepping on each other's toes, like we're a team, nobody wants him to succeed more than I do, and vice versa, him for me. And so when we acknowledged that we weren't stepping on each other's toes, we were just trying to help each other and we could kind of put that, you know, ego that resides in all of us aside and listen, whether or not you took the advice or not and listen to each other, it just started to work really well. And eventually, after many years of working together, we decided that one person would work on one part of the business, The other person will work on another part of the business and we never crisscross. Okay. Um, Well, very rarely. Um, And that has been the biggest key to working together. He has his avenues. I have my lanes. You stay in your lane. I stay in my lane.
0: That's it. That's good, man. You had to figure that out though, right? So that's just something that communication, weird how communication is always a key, right?
1: Right. And that's implicit trust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that what he does in our businesses, the parts, um, because we have a couple of different businesses, the parts that he handles in our businesses, I know he is the best man to do those things. So if he, sometimes he asks my opinion, sometimes he doesn't, but I know whatever decision he makes that there's no one better to make that decision. And um, he feels the same way about me. So now that we have that implicit trust and that's proven, he's proven to be successful in those areas. I've proven to be successful in my areas that I can just go on with it. And sometimes I ask his opinion and I don't like his opinion. And I say, I'm going to do what I want to do anyways. And he goes, fine. Cause I know because you're in your lane, you're going to do the best thing possible.
0: That's right. Power couple, watch out making big, big, doing the big thing. So you guys have two beautiful girls. How do you guys kind of balance, you know, like you said, several businesses, not just one, several, and y'all are running each in your your different lanes. How do you get together raising the girls?
1: Joe, I mean, that's a, (laughs) that's a challenging question because like that question, I would have answered that differently two years ago. Right. Yeah. And so, um, In the world that we live in now, this post-COVID world, um, I've completely thrown out anything about balancing running a business and being the perfect mom. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. When I am fully engaged, full throttle in my business, I'm not 100% the best (laughs) mom. And when I'm being the best mom, playing all the games all day and teaching all the lessons because we're now homeschooling one of our children, like, and I'm the teacher. I'm not the advisor. I'm teaching the lesson.
0: Go along. (laughs) Right. Like I was up
1: last night learning the lesson so I could (laughs) teach it to my daughter (laughs) today. No joke. (laughs) And um, when I'm doing that, and then my husband... You know, text me and says, Don't forget about your appointments today or your calendars today. Or, you know, somebody sent us a a DM because I've checked out the past two or three days from business so that I can focus 100% on the mom responsibilities. I haven't found that it's effective to go back and forth. So I try my best when I can, and it's not always possible to block off my time. So, especially when the kids were younger, I would do like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, pretty much full days of work and Tuesday, Thursday, no, no checking email, no answering my phone. It's whatever the girls needed. And if they needed something on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I mean, if you know, other than food, <laughs> <laughs> like if they're like, hey, you know, um, can we go to the zoo? Can we go to the museum or something? It has to wait till Tuesday. Can we make a costume for pajama day, superhero day? It has to wait until thursday you know everything can wait a day and it really can yeah but it doesn't stop me from feeling really bad about it
0: that's that mom guilt man that's that, that thing is undefeated over the years i get it too man i, I was i was hoping you'd have the right answer because I, I haven't figured it out yet my son's 15 and i've been trying to figure it out you know i'm like you though so i'm i'm all in or i'm, I'm on business or I'm, I'm working with him he's a teenager now so he doesn't want to hang out with me so that made it a little bit easier so yeah that, so you do have that to look forward to
1: Yeah, but I mean, and that's, this is the one thing I asked my husband about as well, the mom guilt versus the dad guilt. And, um, I don't know, tell us about that, Joe, do, do you think looking at your wife and your other colleagues in, uh, entrepreneurship that dads and moms experience that same, um, emotion in that, or do you think they just express it or don't express it differently?
0: uh the moms definitely feel it more for sure
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I mean th- there's dads that will be I mean I, I do feel bad that you know I, I miss him being little and all that and then we could hang out now he's you know he's six four and I gotta look up at him and that's just not right so it's just weird with that but it's just you know I, I feel guilty when I can't like he's got something he needs help with homework I can't help me he's, he's he's beyond grades now that I can't I did, I get on the internet and I still can't help him um but you get that you feel that but then I'll be honest I kind of shake it off because yeah. I, I know I, I can't do anything,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: but my wife feels it much more. She has more of a, you know, a, a nine to five type job. And when she's working and he's at home too, he needs help with homework. He needs help with that. She can help every now and then, but, and then she feels terrible about it. I was like, well, you know, this is a, this is a unique situation. Nobody <laughs> has lived. There's no playbook for this. There's no pandemic. Everybody's at home working from home school, from home yeah. playbook. Uh, but she still feels guilty. So it's just, I think it's an innate thing because y'all carried them, you get the guilt with them too. So I think, and then guys, for the most part, are just kind of, uh, they're one of those uh, shrug it off type of deal, get back to work. I don't know. That's yeah. just kind of gender roles, I guess, in of our history have been like that. I don't know what it is, but uh, we do feel it, but I think the moms definitely feel it more.
1: Well, Joe, when you've been interviewed before, because I know you have, <laughs> do. People ask you about the balance of children and working at home, or balancing your home responsibilities. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They, they, yeah. They ask me and just. It's, di- it's like you said, it's different for everybody. Some yeah. people and it's people have different schedules, different ways. they wake. Some people, hey, they just get up early. Like, you know, you have early morning fitness classes. Those are usually the biggest classes because yeah. the kids are still asleep. They, they're not an issue right now. Now, you do have to get up early. There's that. But you don't, there's no doctor's appointments. There's no t-ball games. There's no soccer games, that type of stuff um so it's just kind of finding what works with your balance maybe you're not an early morning person maybe you do it after the kids go to bed or something like that and just and we you talk about it to your clients too you don't have to work out for two three hours a day get in 10 15 minutes here or there get it in where you can you know so just work it out with your schedule it's it's finding that balance but it's usually it's not a balance though right if you've seen that it's not
1: a balance i i gave that up looking for the balance it's just not going to be the the scales are going to be tilted right and I I in the moment am just going to try to be the best at what I'm doing in that moment but I'm telling you we've been entrepreneurs for like 15 years and it does not change I it doesn't that feeling doesn't change of wanting to give more to each side of my life
0: I just try to be in the moment when I'm in the moment, yeah. right? Rather than just because you can, you know how it is, you can be drifting and think about, oh, I need to return that DM or I need to, you know, put that marketing piece out or whatever it is, rather than you know playing Monopoly or shooting hoops or whatever you're doing with your kids. Um, just try to be in the moment, not you know whether it's five minutes or ten minutes. At least you're fully focused on them given those that time. So yeah, there's no balance. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but let's, let's talk about your for, new venture. So you're, you guys have been doing outdoor fitness for a while. That's something that I do as well. But now you're opening your own facility. So what does that look like, especially during COVID and all that good stuff? So what is that, what, how did you come to that decision? First of all,
1: well, you know, sometimes I'm like, that's, it's crazy that we decided to do that. Out of all the years that we could have done that, doing yeah. it this year. Um, as you know, and uh, I'm sure your listeners do not know, we also own an event management company. And one of our biggest events is an endurance race, a fun run that is a a national series. It's in um, over 10 states, over two dozen cities. And um, that came to an abrupt halt after March 7th of last year. That was the last time we had an event. And um, You know, after I got out of my like two week uh, depression (laughs) (laughs) or I'm literally like on the floor, you know, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? How can we take care of our customers? All of it. I started thinking to myself a question that I started to really ask myself the last, year and a half prior to COVID. And I'm really glad I started to do some of that work on myself um, prior to COVID because I don't know what type of mess of a person I would have been (laughs) if I hadn't started doing some self um, work on my my mindset, how I think about things, um, how I execute things. And one of those questions that I started to ask myself prior to COVID the last year and a half, like in 2019, 2018, is if you had to start anything from scratch. So even while I'm in my business, I'm doing my fun run series, right? I'm like, oh, I think I should change the way the t-shirt looks. Maybe we should stop doing t-shirts. And I'm just giving a wild example here. Maybe we should start doing hats instead of t-shirts. Like another part of me goes, well, you know, we have a 60, 70% retention rate, which is crazy huge in the endurance race industry that your customers keep coming back race after race after race. Um, Those longtime participants that have done seven, eight, 10, 12 events are gonna be really ticked off that they're not getting that shirt each time. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna change it because I don't wanna tick them off. One thing I started to think about in every part of my business is if I had to start this business from scratch, would I do things the same way? If the answer is no, then I scratch it. I don't care if I'm in the middle of it. I don't care if I'm five years in deep. I scratch it and start it the way that it should have been started knowing what I know now, right? Hindsight being twenty, 20 you've been in this business a really long time. You know, there's a bunch of stuff you would have done differently. Oh man, tons of it. Right. And so previously I was hesitant to make those changes because I'm like, I've been doing it this way for five years, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I start to rethink everything change it, change it, change it to make everything better. And so after I got out of this COVID funk, that question came back to me. If this business is scratched, which we don't believe that it will be, but we didn't know when it was coming back. First, they said it would be back in two weeks. Then they told us by the end of spring. Then they told us by the summer, then the fall, then next year, right? So after the third the everything that people are telling us is wrong. I started to think if this never came back, what business would I start? What would I want to do um, from scratch? And um, I actually couldn't answer the question, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But I started to also ask that question of my husband because I was just curious also. I couldn't even answer it because I've been so fixated on doing these things that I've already been doing for so many years. And um, I started to ask him and he didn't know in the beginning and he started to think about it. And a few weeks later, he said, well, I guess if we had to start all over again, which we're not going to, (laughs) was always the caveat, um, I would open up a fitness studio, which we've been approached about for years, as have you, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I cannot tell you how many times we've been approached to open up a gym, whether it be from our customers or from potential business partners. And we just didn't think that was the right place for us. And so when he started to tell me that, and then I'm like, okay, what would it look like? What would you think? Like, how would you do it? Um, It started to kind of take on its own life. And at some point in this pandemic, my husband was like, uh, yeah, this is what I want to do. Because when our other side of our business comes back, the endurance rate series, which we still manage, we have, uh, well, we hope to rehire our old employees back. He's like, we can still run these two businesses simultaneously, and so let's get started on it now while we have a break because we're literally doing nothing except watching the news and panicking. <laughs> yeah. sounds let's go ahead and do this. Yeah, and um, it's also something that brings us great joy. Um, let's go ahead and do this and get this set up running smoothly so that when the government gives us the opportunity to reopen our events across the nation that this is already going started moving before that happens and so that's how it came about what's that process been like
0: what is what is it like starting a gym in the middle of a pandemic I mean it's hard to find people to work on it. I know there's a lot of construction going on all over the place during the country so has that been hard have you done a lot of yourself
1: uh yeah well we started a lot of that ourselves so first um and this really uh reading your book i kind of like uh i haven't read the whole thing but i've read some of it um see some of the things that kind of happen in your life (laughs) that are like weird but
0: (laughs) i'm a a weird magnet weird things happen to me
1: no but then when you look (laughs) at it you're like oh now i see right that this is a catalyst for x right yeah but you don't know it while you're in the moment and so uh, my husband decided to do that. He started to look for buildings on his own. And um, he found a building and we were all in. Okay, let's sign the lease, get the paperwork, get the permits. And then after that point, everything goes wrong. Every single thing <laughs> goes wrong. Of course. And then we find out, like, we cannot rent this building. <laughs> and so um, that did not happen. And thank goodness, because then our residential realtor, um, my husband was so busy trying to finish that part up. I said, hey, can you kind of help out? I mean, who wouldn't love the commission from that? Um, and she was like, yeah, I don't do a lot of business stuff, but I'll do it. And then she had the person in the next office building to her had become a friend of hers that owned a commercial property that he wanted to lease or sell. And she said, well, why don't you go take a look at that? End up being the perfect property. And so, like, it was a nightmare dealing with this other place. But now that we look at it, it's like, great, because it put us in the perfect timing to see this other property, which we wouldn't have been able to see had we not had that waste of time.
0: (laughs) That's right. right, When when you're ready, it'll pop up, right? Yes. Yes. And that's what
1: COVID and just life in general is teaching us a, a, a lot of. Sometimes we get so impatient and we're trying to force things right and then like if you're operating in a a place of knowing and knowing what's right for you and being confident what's right for you and knowing what you deserve um eventually the right thing will pop up if you know those things and if you're patient sure um because we could have rammed that contract in with the other one but we would just had headaches and we were like you know what we're worth more than that and our customers are working more than that we're not going to put ourselves in that situation just to have something right now right and um found the a great building needed a lot of work and my husband secretly being handy not telling anyone (laughs) was like you know i think i could do most of this by myself might hire a few contractors and stuff like that and so he started doing some of the work hiring the contracts and these people started to fall through like make appointments, not show up Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And now we are like, okay, but we had a little bit of experience with it because we had just finished building our first, well, not our first home, but we uh, built a home for the first time just a few months before. And so we were like, okay, this is not crazy because we had that experience with contractors with the residential. We didn't know it would be the same for business. (laughs) And so then um, we have this like network of friends and family or what's now become friends and family from running our fitness programs for the last 15 years, 12 years, whatever. And um, those people, we are kind of letting the cat out of the bag secretly to a couple of people that we were working on a gym. And then someone would be like, oh, my husband um, was laid off last year. He's a contractor. He'd love to help. He has nothing to do. And they would just come help. Wow! Another one of our, cu- our customers found out that we were doing it and we had an electrician that we were working with, he stopped showing up. And then he just kind of overheard the conversation and he was like, I'm an electrician, I'll come help out on this one project. He ended up getting laid off and then he stayed on to finish the whole project. So basically I could tell you a whole bunch of stories like this, but what brought everything together with finishing out that building were our clients and customers that have become friends and family over the past dozen years um, to help bring that project, that construction project uh, to the vision that we had in our head.
0: That's awesome. So that kind of, that kind of goes into my next question that, I follow you guys. You guys are great about building community. That's something that paid off with that as well. So what's, how do you guys do that? I know your, your new gym is going to be called Fit Tribes. So you guys are good about building that tribe. Um, what do you guys do to build that community? What have you done to kind of get that going?
1: Well, that's why we came up with that name. We have been thinking about the name for a really long time. I mean, I would ask my husband every night before we went to sleep, like, do you come up with a name yet? <laughs> He's like, stop asking me. Like, there was a lot of pressure. And then one day he goes, it tried. And light bulb, like, because that's what we're all about, right, Joe. Yeah. Um, the reason I think why we've been able to build community, and I can confidently say that, Joe, um, and I'm really proud of that. And we were talking before the call, um, and I was telling you that uh, my parents were in the military. hmm so the place that I live now is the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. And I've lived here for 14, 15 years. I've never lived anywhere longer than like eight or nine years in my life. Wow. And so when I say that I'm so proud of what we have built here in this community, it, it's because it means so much to me personally. I've never had roots in a community. Um the fact that my kids can, you know, go to school with my daughter, we went to her kindergarten roundup a few years ago, and the principal was one of our clients. I had no idea. you know, um, the person that's the mayor of the bi- biggest city next to our home was one of our clients. You know, um, there is just, it comes from a place of authenticity. Yeah. We were really building real relationships. My husband, um, we're having a winter storm in Texas. My, um, We were seeing all these things happening to our community and um, we were reaching out to some of our friends like individually. And then my husband eventually, he's not gonna want me to tell the story because he, <laughs> he hates when I brag on him. Um, but I, it's not just because I, and bragging on him, it's because he really inspires me. Um, So he sent out a text to all of our clients that um, uh, have done any of our uh, fitness uh, events, which have been smaller over the past year with um, exercise. And he said, if any of you guys need anything, you know, we're event directors. We used to travel the country, basically building small towns and festivals in cities across the nation. So we have generators, we have super long extension cords. He's like, this is what I have and I'm, I'll give it all away, who needs it? And um, within three minutes, like his phone was um, flooded with people in our community, our friends and our family that were our clients um, that needed electricity, that needed firewood uh, because they had been without electricity uh, or heat and for some of them water for days here in Texas. And um, then he sent another text message out explaining to them, like some of you guys might not have electricity, but you have wood and a fire. Some of you guys don't have anything. So let's work together to prioritize who needs us. And it was even more interesting people coming back in and said, you know what? I don't need the generator because I do have a wood-burning fireplace, and I do have water. So you go take the generator to the person that doesn't have a fireplace, that lives on a hill, that can't get out, that is older, alone, no kids, no family, and them come together to prioritize who needed the stuff. And my husband spent the whole day, two or three days ago, going out and doing that. The reason why I'm giving that example, Joe, is because... We're having an emergency in Texas right now, but that's who he is every single day. Right. So when our clients come in for a workout, like, how are you doing? He's not just saying the words, how are you doing? He really wants to know he, one of the generators that he brought to was the, uh, the elderly parents of one of our clients who he's met. The parents are not our clients, but he's met those parents six, seven times over the last several years because we want our customers to bring in their family. We have parties, we have events, and we want them to know that we view them much more as you know our clients. So you're part of the, the tribe. And one of my clients once said something to me. She goes, I know I just got to know you guys in this you know four week boot camp, but I feel like if I called any of you and needed something, none of you would hesitate to be there for me. And I wouldn't hesitate to be there for you. And it's just the vibe that um, we genuinely give people. And when they see that we genuinely care, they give it right back to us. So much more, so much more. Did that answer your question? Shout out
0: to Sam. What a, what a good man. I got goosebumps when you were telling that story. That was awesome yeah I, see we need more people like sam in the world don't we
1: <laughs> we really do he's amazing.
0: right he's gonna be so embarrassed isn't
1: he <laughs> oh my gosh he's gonna be like why did you tell that story oh
0: because people need to hear about that they need good news that's what this show is all about so we need good news with good people like sam out there so kind of shifting gears a little bit so what's been one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it
1: <sighs> so many
0: so me too <laughs> man i could do a whole show on that
1: so many failures um One failure is um, growing too fast, Mm -hmm. Uh, which you wouldn't think there is a such thing, right? Um, So with our um, fitness bootcamp program was our first uh, business. We expanded probably to like five or six different cities within the first two years were very successful. Yes. Did we have trainers rotate in and out? Sure. But no problem. Very successful. Um, when we started our event production company, we did three different events, uh, over the course of maybe like six, seven, eight, nine months. One of those events exploded and people were, once the first event happened here, people from all over the country were emailing us, calling us, how can I get this in my city? So we're like, let's take it on the road. And then um, we immediately had people, like we would be at the event and I remember the first time we did an event in Midland, Texas. And there was a couple that came to us and they were like, how can we start this business somewhere? And we were like, oh, you know, that's a good idea. We've been thinking about expanding. but we didn't with them. We didn't know them. And then um, someone my husband knew personally reached out to him and said that he wanted to expand. And I didn't have the, didn't think it was the best match. But we really wanted to grow. And like anything, um, when people see something that's being wildly successful, they think you're overnight success. They think it's easy. So sure enough, we're going to have copycats. Sure. Um, and so we were like, let's get a foothold everywhere which is like a dumb idea (laughs) because you can't be everywhere Um, but let's get a foothold in as many cities as possible as quickly as possible so when the imitators come we've already established our name and our brand there and so we were like it's not the perfect match but we can fix that and we did that with a couple of we did that with several people a few of those people were ended up being horrible matches. And um, I take full responsibility for that uh, because it damaged our brand in those areas because when we were talking earlier, we were talking about authenticity and also really wanting to take care of your customers. And sometimes in business, people just get into business For the money.
0: Sure.
1: Or just for the title, like they think being an entrepreneur is cool. It's tough, man.
0: Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is.
1: And, you know, um, it wasn't the right fit for them. And because it wasn't the right fit for them, they didn't give the business, um, the event, as much care and attention uh, as the customers deserved. And it ended up damaging our reputation and it took us years to rebuild our reputation in those cities. Thankfully we had great reputations in other places that would kind of vet for us, but nothing is worth the good name that you've built. Sure. Nothing. You Absolutely. can never, well, I can't say never, but it's very difficult to get your reputation back. And if anybody's going to ruin my reputation, it's going to be me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to be some, somebody else. So in that failure, of wanting to grow quickly and not really like going with my gut like this is not the perfect fit. let's just wait like we were talking about with the building. let's just wait until we get the right fit. Um, we rammed that through and it ended up uh, hurting uh, the brand and it cost a lot of money to get rid of those people um, because we didn't we refused to let them treat the customers that way. And then after that, we scaled back to make sure everybody that was in the bubble, the, the Wake and Wine Run bubble of running events were people that truly, truly cared about the runners, about the athletes, about the customers, about the venues, about the vendors, because it all works synergistically together. Yeah, absolutely. If you're at someone else's property, if you don't take care of it as good as you would your own property, that's going to ruin your reputation too. Um, and your vendors, You know, if you have a national sponsorship and you have one location that's not treating them very well or not giving them the deliverables that were promised, that's gonna damage your reputation with that company and maybe their connections other places. And so everything has a ripple effect and that's why it is really important to be patient with um, any growth that you do, any partnerships, whether those are business partnerships or business to business partnerships, and that—that's something that I wouldn't have learned as quickly. I always say, the worse the lesson, the, the faster I learn it, oh, and absolutely. I will never repeat it again.
0: Yeah, all that time and money—you—you you, you remember that? Oof, I, I'm—I can think back right now. Some things I did is like never again. You learn that once. Some of those just got to learn once. But yeah. so you—you've been in this game for a long time. Uh, what what keeps you inspired? What's get what's inspiring you these days?
1: Um my kids obviously, Um, I have two amazing girls and I am being an entrepreneur. There are some hurdles um, and obstacles that I've encountered that running our businesses side by side with my husband, he hasn't encountered those things. And so um, he has had some gender privilege that um i haven't been afforded in some areas or even some ways that i would um, second guess myself or ways that i have to change as a woman and um my daughters really inspire me to change that and do what i need to do so that it'll be different uh for them so for example if that doesn't make sense to you
0: it makes sense Um, but i want to hear your example
1: yeah uh Like when we um, are doing an event and I have a whole new team of volunteers, maybe I have a local staff because we're going to Chicago. So we might fly some of our Texas staff out, but the event in Chicago is thousands and thousands of people. So we can't just do it with our six Texas people. (laughs) So we hire um, a local staff and maybe like another eight to 10 people. Then we have a big volunteer tier organization of 20 or 30 people I can go my I should rephrase it my husband can go to these people at any point of time and say go do this go do this you be here at there I'm going to pick you up at this time I need you guys to do it fast I don't want to hear anything else about it ready break and they're like sounds good I can go Say those same things with the same tone, same exact words, it's completely interpreted differently from me. Like, that lady is really bossy. Like, what's up <laughs> her butt? What's she eat for breakfast? You know? And I would, the first couple of years, because I would see people, when we're like, oh, wow, that was a lot. And it's no different from anything my husband would take. And I'm smart enough to know that I'm not being mean or bossy or anything. I'm just giving directives. Um, So I would preface like, hey, this is a really fast moving environment. So hi, my name is Chris. I love puppies. I love to bake cookies. I have two kids. And you know, like here's a little about me. See how soft and sweet I am. I'm gonna give you directions today Because this event is so fast moving, the directions are going to be very fast and direct. And so you might not hear about the puppies or please or thanks, or I might forget your name. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be bossy, but there's just a limited time for me to give out my instructions. And so it might be pretty direct, but at the end of the night, let's all hug and kiss. And I'm going to give you guys my fresh made cookies. Like I would have to say that. And then they would be okay with everything I said from that point on. My husband has never had to do that
0: ever in life he's buff and tattooed though maybe you should get more tattoos see if that works
1: maybe like right here
0: (laughs) yeah i guess oh some throat tattoos you're in they listen to oh you teardrop get the teardrop (laughs) no i that i mean i've heard that from other female entrepreneurs the same deal that you can come in the same environment say the same things and get a different you you get pushback where they everyone else just scatters and goes get to work when the other dude says it
1: Yeah. I've had men tell my husband that I hurt their feelings.
0: (laughs) Come on. Who are these dudes?
1: Well, they're tough dudes. And my husband could say the same thing to them, but they're like, that lady came and talking down to me because I would dare give them a directive. Mm. And so I used to tone that down. I no longer do that.
0: You turn it up? Turn it up i a
1: bit. it all the way up. Turn it up, <laughs> because look, you're just gonna have to get used to it, Joe.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm used, man. And, I'm I'm wearing women all day. I'm used to taking directives. Yes,
1: or yeah. or Tom or whoever you are, get used to it now. Figure it out. You're okay. Everything will be fine. And even you know Karen and Julie, y'all get used to it too.
0: Hey, I liked how you use Karen by the way. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because women sometimes take that offensively too from another woman. They wouldn't take it the same way from a man. My husband and I have had this um conversation many times before in our fitness instruction. I would go down to his like fitness class or camp and then after the class, I'm like, I can never say that to those ladies. And he's like, Why? And I'm like, it they feel it differently coming from a woman. You know? Yeah. I mean, but there's things that he can't talk about with, he doesn't feel comfortable talking about like sports bras and, you know, wedgie proof underwear. Hey
0: man, I've walked away from so many conversations. (laughs) I just keep it moving, keep it moving.
1: Right. But that has something to do with like comfort level, right? Right, It doesn't have to do something with um, gender dynamics. And so for me, what inspires me is seeing my girls and the, I can't control everything that's happening in the world. I can only control my little circle, my little neighborhood, my little environment and what they see. And so when they see this interview, when they see the last panel that I spoke to, my um, oldest daughter has been and seen me talk at events and I'm a very different person than I am at home. Um, she can see that and she doesn't have to dim herself down. She doesn't have to shrink right? because she's seen another woman that. You know, it's not I'm soft and bold. No, I'm just bold. I don't have to tell you that I'm soft, too. Like, I, I, I don't have to reason for that. I, I'm a leader. Right. I'm bold. I take risks. And um, I don't want my kids to ever feel like they can't because of their their gender.
0: Well, that's put it awesome. Mildly. Yeah. yeah, well, they're, they're seeing that in action every day. So I can't imagine them in, in 20 years, what they might be doing. They could do anything, right?
1: Man, I mean, if you met my daughter, show, I really feel that way. I feel like they really can do anything. And I definitely don't ever want to be the person that stands in their way. I want to be the person that's clearing the road and pushing them when they need it, cheering them on when they need it. And um, I've seen uh, through social media what an amazing dad you are. So I know that you totally identify with all the magic you've seen your son, too.
0: Yeah. It was your combination of the two, right? My wife's super amazing. Thank goodness. I'm down here and she's up here. So we got a pretty good one right in the middle. So she, she brings us way up, brings the average way up. So that's very important. So, uh, what are you curious about right now? Do you like, you do a lot of deep thinking. What are you curious about right now?
1: Um, so I am curious about how I can, um, impact the world more. Mm -hmm. And I don't always just meet mean that on like a big level, like I mentioned before, sometimes maybe just like my small bubble world. And so I've really um, been trying to find ways that I can reach out besides my normal comfort levels. Like we've done charity fitness events where, you know, all the money is donated to, you know, that's kind of like in our wheelhouse. I can do that yeah. in my sleep. I can do a virtual race, raise a lot of money. But how can I personally, me, and this is another thing I want my daughters to see um, impact the world. And so I'm just trying to find things, whether it be local politics. I don't want to run for politics. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, I can see you in the future. I don't say no, yeah, never say no. never. You never say <laughs> never.
1: <no. laughs> um, but like people that I believe in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how I can help them or uh, Roles that I can play in people that are in need. Um, People like, um, I'm very passionate about people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, And in Texas, uh, especially over COVID, they have been losing everything. Their funds have been cut. Um, Their social interactions are not happening anymore because all the facilities, all the classes that they could have to get out of their house so that it could be around other peers that have intellectual disabilities, other people that understand them, get them and give some respite to their parents or caregivers, those are all shut down. Oh man. Um, And there is no end in sight and um, it makes me really sad. And so I'm very curious about what I can do to move the ball forward faster because you know we can all go out and vote. And I've been doing that, but that's not enough for me any longer. Now that I'm getting older, I, feel very passionate about my legacy. And I want my legacy to be more than, you know, I have an alcohol themed race (laughs) around the the country. You know what I mean? I want, when I'm not here anymore, I want my kids to know like all the little things I did to move the ball down the field.
0: Man, I'll tell you, you sound like a politician, like a good one. I'm telling you, I'd vote, I'd vote for you. I don't know what you're running for. Maybe coroner or whatever you're running for. I'm going to vote for you. Uh, you say coroner? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I almost, my wife tried to get me to run for coroner. You don't have to be, have like a funeral home or anything. You can just be a coroner if you want. <laughs> no medical degree or nothing. You can just run and be a coroner. But anyway, I'll vote for you as coroner when you run. But uh, so you mentioned adults with intellectual debil- disability and your brother Gary is one of those people. That's why you bring your passion. What is something you've learned from Gary over the years?
1: Um... Not gonna cry, Joe. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I could let me know. I'll pause it.
1: Um, my brother has really taught me, uh, a lot, uh, this, um, this, the empathy that I have for people in the community. When I see people that have disabilities, um, and the way that I interact with them is second nature to me because my brother is Mm -hmm. uh, disabled and I know how it would feel for me as a sibling when we go to the store and people would stare at him or when he tries to talk and people look scared. and, you know, with his limited communication, how it would make him feel like he doesn't even have to say anything. I know how it makes him feel. Right. Yeah. So when I see someone with an intellectual disability, you know, when someone's different, like if they're wearing um, a cute hat like you or if they're, you know, nine years old and six, four, like your <laughs> son, you know, you, you look because it's different. Yeah. Right? right. And so that's natural. But like i um, like, I would always be like, hi. Or what's your name? So that you don't appear just to be staring. You're actually engaging with that person. Um, And so that's something that I do automatically. And then um, my daughters know how to do that interaction because something that they've learned naturally is nothing that was taught to us, they've learned it naturally. But I see them teaching their friends. Yeah. But that's not a lesson that I taught them. My brother taught that to me. Um, I taught that to my kids. My kids are teaching it to their friends. Um, So that's one way in which he inspired me. And I know that doesn't seem big, but there are a lot of people with disabilities, uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities in our community that, you know, aren't having the best experiences when they go out to church, when they go to the grocery store, when they go off to the post office. So the fact that my daughter will wave and go up with no hesitation and say, what's your name? You know, is making a difference in that person's life too. And so I feel like it's a little ripple, like butterfly effect of what he's teaching me. Um, He also, he likes what he doesn't like and he doesn't like what he doesn't like. Yeah. (laughs) So he loves The Price is Right. He can watch it. We all love that. Yeah. He loves the Maury Povich show. (laughs) So you could just call him on the phone and say, Gary, who's the father or you are the father. (laughs) People bust out laughing. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you call him during a snowstorm, two in the morning, on a Saturday, whatever, he's going to laugh. And he doesn't like what he doesn't like. Hey Gary, try, you know, this caviar. He's like, Hell no, I know.
0: (laughs) not my thing. Give me a
1: Pepsi and a cheeseburger. There you go. You know, and I, this is very small, but you know, um, there are certain times when we try to acquiesce someone else, you know? It's like not something we want to do or not something that we like, and I'm not saying like, hey, don't be adventurous or don't be flexible. There are many times I've done something that I don't feel comfortable doing, that I don't like doing. And like Gary is living his best life that he could live, uh, given his disabilities, um, because he does what he wants, and he doesn't do what he doesn't want. And there's a lot of power in that right sure. how many it's going back to the woman thing how many times have women have just been told to go along just be polite and so if you say hey chris do you want a cheeseburger i'm like hell no i'm not eating that cheese <laughs> yeah. you know and i don't feel bad about it i don't i don't yeah. want to why i don't want to i don't owe you any excuse gary would be like i stop I'll asking you, yeah, give me two
0: cheeseburgers yeah he'll take it <laughs> yes yeah, i mean there, there's so, power in finding out who you are and uh and who you're gonna be, not what you're trying to please somebody about. So that's we yeah. should, we could all learn that from Gary.
1: Yes. And um, yeah, he's just amazing. And the things that he teaches me about patience, uh, you know, sometimes Gary will call me six, seven times in an hour. And every time I'm like, Hey brother, <laughs> what's up? He's like, it's snowing. I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'm just five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Talked about snowing five minutes ago. I'm right down the street. Luckily my mom retired and moved down here. My brother is my older brother. Um, so he's like 11 years older than me. Um, but sometimes we have the same conversation over and over and over again throughout the day. And that's okay. So he's taught me a lot of patience.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, he's taught me a lot of gratitude. I, I will not lie. I felt sorry for myself uh, many a time this year. And then sometimes I get a call can't answer the call gary's called five times every five minutes and i finally like hey are you are you good i was just trying to work and he's like man i was watching price is right and somebody uh won the showcase showdown and he's like (laughs) laughing he's so happy yeah and here i was like ticked off that my internet's been down for an hour you know and like wanting to punch a hole in the wall i'm like Why?" You know, so he's just a good reminder about gratitude and patience and everything wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Well, you, you light up when you talk about it, and that's why I wanted to bring him up. because You just <laughs> you light up when you talk about him. So um, you kind of mentioned cheeseburgers earlier that you're, you're not a fan of the cheese. You're you eat the vegan lifestyle. So uh, what's your because I follow your Facebook. Your pictures look amazing. What's your favorite dish you make your vegan dish?
1: So I have to be honest with you, Joe. I am not a great cook. I am a great assembler.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So That's cooking
0: in my house. If you put something together, that's cooking.
1: Right. Yeah. So I don't do anything that involves any sort of science. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's like, Hey, this might cause it to rise or flatten, or, you know, you need this as a thickener. I'm like, I'm out. I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't know what that stuff is either. <laughs> You're
1: right. Um, so I, there's a couple of things. Um, I like, uh, there's a, black bean burger recipe um not my own it's from skinnytaste.com it's not a vegan recipe because it has an egg in it but you can replace the egg with applesauce or banana which I wouldn't I wouldn't do the banana actually or flaxseed egg which just is egg and water flaxseed sorry flaxseed and water um soaked together so that it makes kind of a gooey consistency of an egg but that black bean burger is the best black bean burger I've tasted at any sort of restaurant, anytime. I love making like a mushroom and spinach and black bean enchilada. And um, I don't make my own tortillas. (laughs) So I assemble the can of black beans and I assemble the pre-rinsed carton of spinach and maybe like some frozen sweet potatoes (laughs) that I roasted in the uh, oven. And then there's a great uh, red enchilada sauce from Frontera that you can get at most grocery stores. But yeah, so I love my enchiladas and um, I love uh, my black bean recipe. And also my uh, Buffalo cauliflower recipe is really good. Primal Kitchen has a great vegan Buffalo sauce, which is amazing. Now, my husband does make stuff from scratch. He has the absolute best vegan, like nacho or macaroni cheese, like liquid cheese that he makes out of cashews and everybody that we give that to vegans, omnivores, they love it.
0: Yeah, so it all looks good. So I don't care if you assemble it, you're making it, it all looks good. And that's what matters, right? So uh so Fit Tribe is is the name of the gym. When do you guys do you guys have an official launch date with all this going on with the snowstorms and everything?
1: Yeah, so our and Joe, I do want to apologize. I know the phone has rang a couple of times because we are having a winter storm. I have my um ringer on just for my favorites, which are my mom, my dad, my kids, because my mom, if she loses electricity, I want to know ASAP so that right, yeah. my husband's actually helping someone out on these dangerous roads right now. So if he calls, I want to be able to help him. So I apologize for that. Uh, like, you're, kids, this is not
0: a professional show. You're okay. <laughs>
1: um, so the uh, grand opening date, we actually pushed it back two weeks, a few weeks ago. So the grand opening date would have been happening um last saturday oh when the snowstorm started so we're so happy that we pushed it back um but it's going to be happening on the 27th of february okay and um pre-covid i mean champagne sushi food trucks dj (laughs) you know, uh, we'd love to do it up in any of our former clients. We have parties all the time for our customers and clients. So we would have really like went all out for the grand opening. So I think the grand opening is not a traditional grand opening. It's an invitation only grand opening. So you have to request an invite because we can't put a hundred people in the building at the same time. Right. So we got to get an invitation. Um, We have like 10 uh, spots per hour. So if 200 people want to come to the grand opening, it'll be like the first 10 and those hours so they're gonna to have to get on our Facebook page and send us a DM and ask for an invite if they want to do uh, or be a part of the grand opening and the grand opening we're excited to show off the building. Um, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited about what we were able to do in this building and what we're bringing to the community. Um, By the way, uh, we believe, we haven't found any evidence and we've been researching that we are the only uh, standalone fitness facility owned uh, by people of color, by black people at, at least. Um, in our city and so that's something that we're really uh, proud of for the rest of our entire community not just the black people in our community but our entire community Um, that they not only have a really like unique studio Um, we're offering our signature uh, fit tribe camp Um, we're doing personal training we're doing sports performance for student athletes Uh, there's even a co-working office so that uh, several people, one person, three or four people can come in before or after their class and work or students um, do a little bit of their virtual school or their homework while they're waiting for their class to start or waiting for it to end. Or for our customers, like you said, you know, it's hard to have that balance, sure. um, especially with a lot of us working from home now and you have all the distractions and you're trying not to think about it. So maybe like leaving the house um, for a couple of hours to get some work done away from the house, away from the dishes in the sink.
0: <laughs> it's helpful. I go I go to a coffee shop every now and then. My internet works fine, but just getting out of the house and working, that'd be a yeah. great spot. That's cool.
1: Well, that's why i wanted to have it my husband was like you know we have an extra room we could do this this and this with it i was like co-working spot it's like for you <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: like, that's, no cool. that's, that's going to be awesome
1: this, and you don't always want to go to a coffee shop especially in these times sure but if you already know that you're going to be going to the gym right you, you've got to get your workout on Then to go and spend an hour or two earlier or later and get some uninterrupted work done because your dogs aren't around or something like that, um, I think is highly beneficial. And then um, once I gave that idea to my husband, he started to think about it. He really loved the idea. We finished it out and it's going to be awesome. We'll have uh, juices and ready to go protein shakes. So that is kind of like a one-stop shop. You don't need to go to Starbucks. I love Starbucks, by the way. <laughs> um, you don't need to stop at a drive-thru because we all know that we have clients that will go to a workout and then stop at a drive-thru on the way mm-hmm. to wherever they're going because they're hungry and they haven't prepared uh, to eat. And so they end up screwing up the results from the whole workout. And so we'll have um, healthy uh, snacks and meal replacements so that everything that our customers need is, is, is right there uh, for them to maximize their workout.
0: Oh, man, I'm excited because y'all are going to be changing some lives over there. Like we talked earlier, y'all, if you need to be a part of a community, if you want to get in the greatest shape of your life, you go check them out, Fit Tribe. Uh, I'll link all your, your website and your Facebook page. You can keep up with their progress. Be ready for the, the grand opening. And I appreciate what y'all are doing. Y'all are out there changing lives. And I, I just love what you guys do.
1: I love what you do. And I'm so excited that I've had the opportunity. We never would have met, I don't think, um, had we not been doing similar businesses in the Uh, different parts of the country. And I honestly, even though we don't get an opportunity to see each other ever, (laughs) I honestly have had so much joy over the years seeing what you do. Um, You're a great inspiration to me and to Sam. You make us laugh out loud. And sometimes you even make us really emotional because you are equally thoughtful and kind as you are funny and engaging and it, it's been a privilege to get to know you over the years
0: hey the same and i appreciate it. i get inspiration from you guys i can't see i can't wait to see where you guys take this thing
1: awesome
0: all right well you have a great day and i'll talk to you later you too bye-bye bye thank you so much for tuning in to the relentless positivity podcast i have some awesome news my book is now available on amazon check it out relentless positivity and also, if you can rate, review, share this podcast, please help us get the word out to as many people as possible. I'd really appreciate that. Share the podcast, share the positivity. Have an awesome day.